What are we supposed to do about the poor whom Jesus said will always be with us? Hello and welcome to The Good Word. I am David Thomas, the convener of The Good Word for this quarter. This week the lesson looks at the least of these, a phrase that is often used in the Bible to talk about those who have fallen through the cracks, so to speak, those who have lost, for whatever reason, um, they're in circumstances where they have no means of supporting themselves and there are no societal props to help sustain them, sometimes by disease, sometimes by misfortune, sometimes by broken marriage and so forth. Uh, we have the widows and the poor and the orphans and the, and the sick. These are the least of these. And uh, I'm happy to have again as conversation partners Dr. Bruce Taves from the School of Business and uh, Professor Brant Berglund from New Testament. And so, gentlemen, um, this is a big question today. What would we do about the least of these, the poor? And I am particularly interested in, in things like what are the causes of poverty today? What's the best way to help the poor today? And I'm interested in whatever comments you might have on that subject. Who are the least of these in our culture? Well, you know, um, I think we're we're built in our society early on to be self-sufficient, to have self-confidence. If you're going to be successful, you have to get good grades and make money. And we basically become um, self-sufficient maybe in a way where we don't need or feel the need for God. And Jesus comes along and says, blessed are the poor. Blessed are the poor, yeah. (laughs) Um, But certainly I think most of us could use a little more empathy than we have. Yeah, because I, don't you think that the attitude toward poor people is pretty bad? I mean, oftentimes I find that people assume that you're poor because you're lazy. And from what I read, that's not the case necessarily. There are some people who work very, very hard, but they remain poor because of other circumstances. Is that true? There are a variety of reasons I've seen people in poverty. And by the way, that's, that is also an interesting line to draw. What, what is the poverty line? Dr. Paul Dibdahl, one of our colleagues in the School of Theology, read a paper uh, where he, he talked about those in the world who have far less than we do in the West, and yet as a people are far happier. They have, they have their basic needs met, but they don't have near what we have. And in terms of the poverty line in America, we would say they are poor. But in terms of happiness, they are rich. And we can be rich in the world's goods and be very poor socially, be very poor in terms of relationships and and quality of life. And it seems to me that uh, we need to define poverty. But if we talk about it as the basic needs of life not being met, right? There There are simple solutions to basic poverty for young people, for instance. Number one, graduate high school. Number two, don't have children until you're married and have a job. And number three, get a job. If you do that, your likelihood of, of being poor is like one in a hundred. And stay out of trouble with the law. Sure. Sure. Yeah. And if you have a job and you're not getting, you know, not having children too early and those sorts of things, uh, th- those benefits can come. But poverty then, the people that I, I, I spend some time uh, with an organization in town where uh, we're with many who live on the street who are very poor and um, it is not because they didn't start out intelligent. Many of them are not lazy, but most of them struggle with addiction. They have something else in their life that has taken uh, the place of being able to work. And once, uh, especially certain um, <laughs> certain products that they consume have affected them mentally, physically, emotionally, socially, they are no longer able then to keep a job. They're no longer able to be, like you said, Bruce, to be self-sustaining. It, it isn't that they are stupid people. It's that they have been caught in the grip of something that's enslaved them. And for them, it's not about laziness. 
In fact, they live on the street better than I ever would. They're, they're not stupid people because I would probably die very quickly on the street, and they have found a way to survive there. Yeah. So and I don't know Bruce can contribute more here for the no, – You know, I, I, I do want to pick up on this question of self-sufficiency. Don't, don't you think it's a biblical principle that you should as far as possible be self-sufficient? That, I mean, there are, in, there are places in the Bible, and I think of what Paul said to the Thessalonians in First Thessalonians 4, 11 and 12. He said, you should work, quiet, live quiet lives, work with your hands, and be self-sustaining, and thereby be a good example, and not be yeah. dependent on other people. So I, I would think that that's an ideal that you ought to strive for. And so in your management of money, and even with generosity and giving, you should not overextend yourself so that you're not self-sufficient, because then you become a problem for other people to deal with, right? You should be self-sufficient and then hopefully have extra to, to, to help others. But I guess the question is, what do we do with the people for whom the mechanism of self-sufficiency is broken for whatever reason? Right. Some people, right. it's, what's the best way to help them? Give them money, right? Well, I think we have to be careful there. I've been approached multiple times in parking lots in various places and was told a big sorry, sorry story and later discovered that story was not true. And I've also talked to people who are hungry and was willing to buy them food, but they didn't want food. Mm-hmm. They wanted cash for something else. So it requires a little bit of tough love. Um, you feed the bears in Yellowstone after a while, they, <laughs> they forget how to feed themselves. Oh, wow. And so I think... Um, those that specialize in this area um, have some friends that, that started a very large homeless shelter. They talk about creating a life action plan, walking alongside their guests yep. Yep. to help them address their physical, mental, and spiritual needs. But it all starts with a warm shower and a warm place to sleep and uh, the chance to maybe have some clothes that look representable in case you're looking for a job or whatever. It all, it all starts with some basic needs. Mm-hmm. Now, Bruce, I'm very interested with that, to walk alongside them. See, that's much more difficult than giving somebody 50 bucks. Yes, it is. Right, see? I mean, I could give a, uh, somebody $50 and say, I'm now absolved of any responsibility, but have I really helped them? Even if they don't misuse the money, what I've basically done is got, gotten them a few meals. And, and so so there, there's, there's a process of establishing some connection with that person and helping them figure out how to adjust life so they become self-sufficient. That's really what you're talking about. Teaching teaching how to fish. Yeah, instead of giving them a fish. Yeah. And a part of me wonders also if, if God in his <laughs> – in his instructional role for me has put people in my life who have needs to help me with my own my own desire for riches and wealth right because now i have obligations to those around me and jesus even says you know the poor you'll always have with you me you won't always but the, they they will be there for you to take care of god's plan for israel though was that there ultimately would be no poor among them. He even says so. He says, my, yeah, it's my goal is that you don't have that, that you don't see poverty. I don't think our culture is helping right now to achieve that dream. I, I've been admiring of my own maternal grandparents because uh, years ago they were storekeepers. They had a trading store in Africa, and uh, they became acquainted with a young woman who was cross-eyed. And uh, this woman was, was an outcast in her society because they believed there was something evil about it. And so they actually took her in and provided her a place to live. And my grandmother taught her to cook and then employed her for about 35 years as the cook for the, 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 um, the home. And she actually became a good cook as a, as a boy. I remember eating some of her food. But um, I was impressed by that. And certainly, 
you could say, well, that's an indentured servant. You can say it if you want. But they took a, a young woman who would have been, uh, I don't know what she would have done in life. She may have died because she was thrown out of her, of her community. But they took her and gave her a life. And uh, she actually became a Christian and uh, worked for the family for many, many years. And in my own way, I've, I've been admiring of that. Uh, here was a long-term effort to alleviate a problem that was no fault of that particular woman. You know, I think the one you raised, Brent, is a very difficult one, the one of addictions. Wow, that's such a big issue today. And, and I have seen people who get caught on, on some drug or something. And how do you get free of that, folks? How do you get free of it? Yeah, I... Um I have a friend who started a very large homeless shelter, and um, in part it was because of his spouse having very painful, having a lot of pain and getting addicted to painkillers, oh, yeah. which uh, uh. then led to more things. And so when you face that up front and personal, you know, someone in your own household is is yeah. addicted to has an addiction that way. It's it brings it drives it home, yeah. and uh, that led from one thing to another for him to actually understand people with addictions right. and start a homeless shelter to right. help them. Yeah, but and that he, that is such a key part of homelessness. Yeah. But he doesn't. He probably doesn't accommodate uh, addictions very well. No, he's he he talks about how his some of his guests swear at him all the time. But in the end, yeah. they know that. Yeah. This tough love is is yeah. for their good. What it takes. And I had acquaintance years ago who was an alcoholic for the bulk of his life, but then he 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 overcame this addiction, and he used to spend a lot of time helping people. But I saw him one day be very blunt with a with a drunk with an alcoholic who came for help, and he he said, "Look, when you're done with your excuses, I'll help you, but until then." Yeah. And I thought, "Oh, that's kind of blunt way of talking." There's an Old Testament um, picture of how God also wanted Israel to treat the poor, and it, to me, it, it speaks volumes to how we as a society have not figured out a better way than God's. God says, for instance, when you're rich and you own a field, you can you can gl- you trim your field all the way out. You can take all the food from that field except at the very edges. Leave that for the poor, the widow, the orphan, the foreigner. And what's interesting to me is it wasn't – you weren't supposed to go and harvest your whole field and then give a handout, nor were you to withhold from them. Yeah. It was give them an opportunity to come and work and gain some self-sufficiency, but you're providing the means for them to do that. And I wonder if in business, Bruce, and maybe this could work, maybe it couldn't so uh, you know, legally, but what if we had businesses that said, hey, I'm going to create a few day jobs for people. Hey, you need some money? Come in off the street. Here's five hours of work. If you can just mop a floor or something, and I'll give you enough money to go get some food. You know, it's like, I don't know if that is possible, but God's way seems to be a good one. Yeah, and I don't know how it translates. Maybe you could. Well, we certainly have uh, ministries and charities like uh, the Star Project and others that help folks to gain employable skills. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I I know that internationally, a lot of thought and effort has gone into microloans. Yeah, that's a wonderful idea. I think. And um, you give a hundred dollar loan to an energetic and enterprising lady in some of these countries, and you've changed a whole family's life. Yeah, huh. interesting. I would say this. I think that Christians have done quite well over history with caring for sick people by creating hospitals and so forth like that. But anyway, well, uh, interesting subject and not one that we'll exhaust today. But my thanks to Bruce and Brandt for their contribution today. My thanks to Kristen Byerly for her work as a staff engineer. And my thanks to you for listening. For The Good Word, I'm Dave Thomas. 
You've been listening to Good Word, a production of the School of Theology at Walla Walla University and KGTS-FM. To order a copy of today's broadcast, you can call 509-527-2194. Thanks for listening, and we'll be here next week at this time with Good Word.